The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, December 12th. On this date four years ago, Texas's volleyball team ousted Florida in a five-set thriller at Gregory Gym and advanced to the Final Four. Both Texas and Florida will be back in Austin for a regional this weekend that also includes Louisville and Minnesota. Anyways, I'm Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Mike Craven. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Well, Mike, we are in the backup studio today. We are. Plan uh, got, B. Got, got, got booted, but we still have an A-plus podcast for all y'all today, and it's going to start with <laughs> the Fab 55. Mike, this is kind of a labor of love. I yep, know this if, is my baby. I don't know if you want to say love, or um, what, but it's a lot of work. And uh, you, released, you released your most updated version on hook'em.com on Wednesday. Um, as always, or as, as has been for a long time, Zach Evans. Zach Evans. Number one, Galena Park North Shore running back. Not coming to Texas, but still a very fine prospect that Texas fans are going to be hearing about for a while. Why is he still number one in the Fat 55? You know, I think he's just one of those transcendent talent guys. You know, I, this is I started doing this list in 2017, and this is the first time someone's started at number one, stayed at number one, and ended at number one. Uh, he hasn't really done dealt with any injury. He stayed healthy. He's still, you know, dominating on the football field. Uh, he's still the most sought after running back in the country. I think twenty four seven composite still has him as as the number one running back in the nation. So he's just the most special. A high side prospect in, in this class, and if he reaches his potential, he has the highest of it of anybody in the state. And so, for that reason, I had to put him number one. Um, who is the highest rated Texas commit um, on the list? Obviously, Texas has uh, a very highly ranked overall recruiting class, but among the Texas kids from Texas, who is the who, who's number one on that list? Okay, so I think the argument's going to for me it's Jaquindon Jackson. I have Jaquindon Jackson at five. Uh, the the reason being he's just he's just an alpha male and a dominant athlete. I don't know, and we'll talk about this more uh, later in the show. I don't know exactly if he's a quarterback long term, but he's just a, a great football player. So I'm going to give him that benefit of the doubt, and he's up there. Uh, Hudson Card, I believe I had at 12 or 13, right in that that range. Uh, so he's number two, and then Quentin Johnston, uh, the wide receiver from Temple, is also in that top 15. And he's another player, 6'4", can do 360 dunks behind his back. Just one of those guys with unbelievable athleticism that, if it gets developed and matured the way it should in college, uh, can become a real dominant force. Now, this state produces a lot of talent. Yep. Um, if you're a college football coach, it doesn't really matter where you're coaching. You're probably eyeing some Texas talent. And that's evident this season at a school like Ohio State, where J.K. Dob- J.K. Dobbins is a star. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a star. Yep. Both- Jeffrey Akuda is probably going to be number one, number two pick in the draft, the mm-hmm. cornerback out over there. Both Texas raised talent, Central Texas raised talent. Mm-hmm. Um, of the, Texas can't sign everyone. Right. Of the kids that they're not signing that are leaving the state and going elsewhere, who are they going to regret the most? Is it going to be a linebacker like uh, Denton Ryan's uh, Drew Sanders, who's going to Alabama, who actually has two teammates who will be going to Texas in 2021. Right. Is it someone like Jalen Kimber, the Georgia commit, who's a cornerback at Mansfield Timberview? Is it among those really good wide receivers, the uh, Jackson Smith Nijaba, who's going to Ohio State, Colin Sullivan from up the road to Round Rock, who's going to Purdue, Marvin Mims, who's been you know ha- having all sorts of yeah. highlight reel catches in the postseason, at, um, and he's going to Oklahoma, a uh, Parker Washington who's going to P- Penn State. Who 
among the group of athletes who are leaving the state are Texas fans going to be complaining about in uh, you know two three years? I think you highlighted the position. It's going to be these wide receivers, and some of that. This is the year that Drew Manninger got released, and there's a lot of turmoil on the offensive side of the ball, and so. You know, it's probably never going to be a class that's great at wide receiver considering how well they did on paper in last year's recruiting class. Uh, but Jackson Smith, Najigba, I can't ever say his name, but he is an incredible uh, wide receiver that Ohio State did a fantastic job getting in on early. Uh, and Texas kind of made a late run here in the senior year, but, but went elsewhere. And he's just I, – I finally saw him in person in a game. And, I mean, it was – I moved him up, I think, like 20 spots – or something like that. I mean, he's he's incredibly good. Marvin Mims is another one you mentioned who's really good. But if we're looking locally, and this is something I've, I've talked about for a few recruiting classes, the Austin area is getting better with talent. And it's crazy seeing, like you said, some of these Central Texas guys uh, just playing and starring all over uh, the country. And Colin Sullivan, to me, is going to be one of those dudes at Purdue. He is an extremely good wide receiver who I feel is underrated. And I, I still don't know why he, he guys like Jalen Ellis are able to get out of Austin, uh, James Lynch from uh, Baylor, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's something that this staff is going to have to look at because it's not just Houston, Dallas anymore. With Austin growing, there's going to be a lot of guys in their backyard. As I said at the top, this is a labor of love. This is not an easy thing to do. Um, a lot of people at our newspaper over the years have been tasked with putting this together. A lot of them have different war stories, and it's never – a simple thing to do, but what's kind of your process? How do you um, kind of put these together each year? Obviously, it's you know, signing day, you know, and you got to start working on the next class. So kind of where do you start and how do you finish? I do it in tiers, actually. I kind of, you know, I always think each year there's going to be 10 to 15 guys who are, are the best players. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be that next 20. And then there's going to be that kind of next 20. And so the way I do it on a spreadsheet, and I've already started this for 2021 and 2022, the way that recruiting goes these days, is I just start kind of keeping a tiered spreadsheet. And then, you know, when a day comes that I actually have to put the list together, like last week when I really started getting into it, that's when I start kind of flushing out, you know, who's going to be one versus four. But what I do want to say about it is there's no difference between two and four, right? Or six and nine or 12 and 18, or 22 and 33, right? I mean, it, we're splitting hairs here at this level where it really would probably be a better indicator if it was done by tiers because what what is the difference in the top 10 outside of my personal dorky opinion, you know? So uh, these guys are still teenagers. You feel like Mel Kuyper Jr. Jr. when you're doing this stuff, but I do think that there are separations in the class, but yeah, I wouldn't read too much into like, like uh, Haynes King and... Hudson Carter, the perfect example. Two quarterbacks uh, who I think are the best two true quarterbacks in the class. One going to A&M, one going to Texas. I just put them right next to each other. Uh-huh. Because to me, they're, I mean, it's a guess who's going to be uh, better at the college level. And so I know down the road somebody's going to point out that I had Hudson right bef- behind Haynes or, or vice versa when really I wish I could have just made them both number 12 because to me they're, they're pretty much the same thing on paper. The disrespect. Yeah, it's hard. It's a struggle out there. <laughs> anyway, check out the Fat 55, um, the most recent update from Mike on Hook'em.com. Also on Hook'em.com is Mike's dotted line column every day. He uh, you know, talks about something recruiting-based, and we're going to kind of 
go around the 40 acres and chat a little bit about that. Uh, there's two 2020 recruits that are still left in the Texas high school football playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kind of You kind of go through the 2020 and 2021 Texas commits on Thursday. Uh, one of those commits is Hudson Card, quarterback from Lake Travis. We did not think he was going to be in this situation. Yeah. Um, earlier this season, he's ruled out for the rest of the year with a foot injury. Got a second, third opinion. Now he's back. Played last week uh, in his return. Led Lake Travis in the state semifinals. What are your thoughts about him coming back, and what does that kind of do for him as he turns his attention to Texas? You know, it's it's big news because he didn't have to have surgery. A lot of people thought he was going to have to have surgery and maybe you know get a setback when he got on campus in January, and not be able to to really participate. But it seems like he rehabbed it well, and and like you said, got second and third opinions and, and went that direction. He. I wasn't at the game against Lake Travis, but everything points to him looking fantastic. His stats were, were great. A win over Converse Judson is always good. So if healthy, and he's going to be the one who early enrolls, uh, Jaquinta Jackson's not coming until the summer. Um, so Hudson Card will be here early. He's right down the road. He knows this offense. He basically runs it at Texas. And with a new offensive coordinator likely coming in, that will give Hudson an advantage to essentially have a semester to learn. Uh, new offensive coordinator. I wonder if we're going to talk about that at all in this podcast. Anyway, on Monday's the dotted line, we got an assist from our old friend Danny Shapiro. He used to work in the state. Now he's doing his thing out in Arizona. Anyway, he caught up with uh, Keely Ringo, the five-star cornerback, who you know didn't seem to rule out Texas yeah. um, um, among the sc- schools he's still considering. How seriously should Texas fans uh, feel about you know take those comments? Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't make Texas the favorite. You know, Georgia to me is still the odds on favorite to win his recruitment. However, how, what he talked to Danny about and his kind of not not caring as much about the coaching staff staff changes on the on the defensive side and really more trying to find a place that that fits his personality best and where he thinks, you know, he can blossom into an NFL player. You know, let's face it. You know, Texas has a pretty good sell pitch to any cornerback right now. I mean, there there are open open spots to be had. I don't think any cornerback on this team last year really locked down a spot. So, you know, Texas is going to be in it, and they're going to stay on him until uh, he signs with another school or signs with Texas because he's he's just that good of a prospect. And it would be incredible for Texas to get Bajon Robinson and Keely Ringo out of Arizona in the same class. Now, at this time next week, Texas fans are going to be. You know, looking over, you know, what they did on signing day, um, yep. which is this upcoming, looking at hookem.com. Yeah, the upcoming Wednesday, that signing period opens. Um, what's this kind of fa- final countdown like for coaches and players? Are the players just kind of the ones that are firm Texas commits? Are they turned off their phones? Are yeah. they not listening to re- late recruiting pitches? Are coaches making late recruiting pitches trying to get flips, or do they kind of have the two, three guys that we hey, we had to go hard after these guys and try to get that? Uh, that done by next week. Yeah, it probably depends on the coaching staff. I I feel like in those last couple of cycles, Texas has been able to do more hunting this last week and kind of cherry pick some guys uh, that they like. However, with all the coaching changes with the seven and five record, you know, uh, seventeen commitments right now, it's just keeping everybody together, trying to keep as many of them uh, together as possible. And then hoping that you can, you know, add maybe a Cavante Dixon or an Alfred Collins somewhere like that, and kind of grow this class towards twenty. Because right now it's just a keep everybody on the same page, keep them going, get them signed. We'll do our coaching stuff, you know, in in December, January, and then we'll worry about it from there. The twenty twenty one class is so huge. 
I believe Texas will uh, uh, take a big one there because it's so talented. But for a lot of coaches around the nation right now, it is. You, you make some phone calls and kind of see, hey, you know, is there a little door open, you know, and see who responds back and stuff. You know, you take, what do you miss, 100% of the shots you don't take or whatever that mm-hmm. is. So I think for a lot of schools, you kind of look around at coaching changes and go, okay, like, Chad Lindbergh's offensive line coach from Georgia, who he's committed to, just took the Arkansas head coach job. So I'd imagine a lot of schools are getting after Chad Lindbergh and kind of seeing if he's still headed towards Georgia. So it kind of depends on the individual situation, I'd imagine. Uh, we've mentioned him a couple of times. We expect uh, Mr. Quindon Jackson to be signing with Texas uh, next week. Four-star quarterback from Duncanville High School, still in the playoffs. Uh, he better because I'm going to be at a school. So, I mean, yeah. that'd be weird. If you showed up, he wasn't there. Anyway, he's you know pledged to the Longhorns back in June. Uh, you caught up with him last week as he and his Duncanville teammates are going to the playoffs. They have Rockwall, um, who has another fine receiver we just talked about yeah. a few minutes ago, in the uh, 6A Division One semifinals this weekend. Uh, let's hear what Jaquindon had to say after his uh, big game. So here with uh, Jaquindon Jackson of Duncanville. What's it like to uh, play in a meaningful, kind of competitive second half? It's not something y'all have had to do a ton of. I mean, it's a it's a good thing because we needed it. Uh, it showed me a lot that when, when the times get hard, we don't we want to fall under pressure. We're gonna get the job done. You're known as a leader. Coming back for your senior year, how important was it for you and the rest of the seniors to kind of rally the rest of the group? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was big because what happened last year, you know, we still we still feeding off of last year and we still, you know, we want to uh, go get that ring. You showed off, you know, dual threat abilities today, making some throws. Kind of, how much do you feel you've come as a passer since maybe your sophomore year? Oh, I got a lot better. Uh, a lot better. As you can see today, I had a perfect game going. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it don't matter about me. It's about the team and what we what we headed and what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, my only question for you is: I know recently you mentioned online like you don't like being compared to other quarterbacks, Vince Young, stuff like that. Is there anybody that you would compare a game to, or anybody that you model it after? Uh, yeah, Jaquinta Jackson. <laughs> like it. <laughs> So what's the message from the Texas coaches right now as National Signing Day is coming up and you're making your decision? Um, you got a dog coming. And I'm and it ain't nothing in my way that's gonna stop me from getting to where I wanna be. I'm in. Appreciate it. Because, you know, uh, during the season, you know, our I, I, uh, I regular season not that good, you know. They, they, uh, they try to let me chill a little bit through the regular season, only when they need me. And playoffs, that's when I come out, come out the shell and show what I got. Today, I had a great game, I think. But it's also some stuff that I got to improve on. And I know you guys talk a lot about unfinished business. Do you feel a little bit of different energy as that? Most diff. Most diff. What is that energy like around the team then? Um, I can't really explain. It's kind of complicated, you know. But it's it's a good energy. It's a it's a vibe that we that we get when we come out here. Okay, Mike. The big question is: Can Jaquindon Jackson be the heir apparent to Sam Ellinger in 2021? And if not, what position does he play? Because obviously, Hudson Card's coming in with him. Um, Casey Thompson may still be around. There's a question of Roshan Johnson, mm-hmm. what he does and what his future is. And obviously he's gained a lot of goodwill this past year with his uh, selfless uh, play and switching positions. 
where does Jaquendon kind of fit in that depth chart? Here's what I've heard kind of behind the scenes is, you know, if Hudson Card is who Texas thinks they are, Texas is going to be really, really good. If Jaquendon Jackson is who Texas thinks he is, Texas can win a national championship. You know, he has kind of that Vince Young factor to him where it just feels like he's in control of everything. You know, like you see 6'5", 300-pound offensive linemen just look at him like he's their father. You know, like he just has kind of this aura about him um, that is different. And Sam Ellinger kind of had that, like that leader, that alpha male, that competitive kind of nature that's different than most teenagers. And you can tell kids just rally around him. So, you know, if Jaquindon can figure it out, and he's he's not as bad of a passer as people act. He's a better passer than Vince Young was when Vince Young got to, to campus. So if he can figure that out, and remember, he gets to have a whole year to sit and learn, whereas Sam had to play right away. If he can really figure out that throwing motion and become just a relatively consistent passer, I mean, he's Jalen Hurts type special. I mean, he's one of those guys that can really control a football game. In the interview that we just aired, I think it was uh, our, our bud Mike Roach asked yeah. him um, about comparisons, and he compared himself to himself. Yeah, so. he doesn't like that stuff. You know, he doesn't want to be Cam Newton or you know whatever stereotype you know people throw out there. He, he's he's his own man. He's an interesting cat. Like yeah. he is a different dude. So it doesn't seem like he's lacking in confidence. No, 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 which no. Which is what you want in your quarterback. He is definition of South Dallas swag, dude. But what else stands out about him? If you could like pinpoint one thing that you're like, this is what I love about this kid. Yeah. This is what we don't have to worry about working on once he gets to campus. What is that? What is that trait? It's his love for football. Like he cares about this. You know, like he wants to make a better life for himself. And we talk about that a lot, how some of these guys aren't from the same backgrounds as, you know, some of the others. And Jaquindon sees football as a way to improve his life and his family's life, and he is focused on that. Caden Stearns had a similar kind of personality and and process uh, to football and to recruiting, and I just, even if it doesn't work out at quarterback, I just don't see a way where Jaquindon Jackson is not successful on the football field. If he gets on Texas's roster, which we expect, in the future, does that help Texas recruit in the DFW area? Can Texas point to him? Can he go back and you know talk to all you know spread the word about the Longhorns? Does it help with recruiting in the DFW area? Yes. Well, one because of his personality, like I said, he's a South Dallas legend and has been for a long time. I mean, it's it's not normal for Duncanville to be as good as they are right now. Um, he's kind of helped change that program with Coach Samples into something, and he's going to be that guy who hosts all the DFW dudes when they come in. Like if Texas is recruiting a guy from Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville. You know, any of those Dallas, South Dallas schools specifically, Jaquinda Jackson's going to be a, a guy that those dudes have watched since he was 12, 13 years old. I mean, he's been the starting quarterback at Duncanville and has only lost two games. One of those was in a state championship game. So he really has some clout there that a lot of guys don't. And with Texas kind of being more Houston-based on the coaching staff, I think the players can help get into DFW, and Jaquinda Jackson's one of those personalities that other guys want to come play with because they know he's a winner. He's a proven winner. Obviously, he's won a lot of games in Duncanville. Mm-hmm. Um, if they make it back to the state championship game this year, um, that may be one of the most anticipated uh, tickets that we've seen at Jerry World in yeah. a while on the high school level. But it, it's not just him. As good of, as good of an athlete as he is, he is not the only Duncanville athlete oh, they're we've loaded. seen. 
Who else do you like watching on this Duncanville team? Who's kind of caught your eyes um, in the in the times that you've seen them play? Now, what's interesting is Savion Bird's a junior, and, and many people have him ranked as like a top offensive tackle in the country for the next class. I went and saw them against uh, you know this this past week when they played South Lake Carroll, and he played defensive tackle and he looked pretty good at defensive tackle. So if that's a move he can make, and then they had a couple guys that are hurt. Chris Thompson, who's committed to Auburn, uh, didn't play. Um, they have a, a new sophomore defensive end that I'm going to blank on right now. Uh, but he was incredible. They have a, a lot of just young talent. That's the thing about Duncanville is, you, you know, you just you look down at the roster and it's like, oh, that kid's only 16 and he looks like mm-hmm. a grown man. Uh, but they're huge on the offensive line. They're really good on defense. And they're just a, a incredibly fundamentally sound tackling team. And so they have – I mean, I – me and the writer from the Dallas Morning News were sitting up there in that South Lake Carroll game. And South Lake Carroll's incredibly talented as well. And we counted 32 people, different guys with power five offers between sophomores and seniors. I mean, it was it's just one of those games where everybody you're looking on the field is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. For selfish reasons, we can make this short. Which one do you want in the championship game? Do you want Duncanville like Travis or Duncanville North Shore? Uh, I mean, I'll take Duncanville North Shore just because I'm a football fan, and I—I I mean, that's the best championship game I've ever seen, and I feel those are the two most talented teams. So, and I can get with Hudson Card anytime. So, uh, I'll take—I'll take that that matchup again because we've been waiting on that for a year now. The Hail Mary rematch. Uh, check that out on YouTube if you have not seen yeah. how that last year's championship. And Jaquinta Jackson was the best player on that field. I mean, he's the only reason Duncanville was anywhere. Near. Zach Evans didn't have a big game. Um, it was it was Jaquindon Jackson versus North Shore last year, and it was incredible to watch. All right, it is time for our recruiting spotlight. Uh, each week, we're going to introduce you to a future Longhorn who won't be playing football at Texas this week. We're shining a spotlight on Prosper High School, but we we've talked about Prosper before. Jake Majors, but we're not talking about Jake Majors. We're talking about future soccer Texas soccer player Lauren Lapamarda. Lauren is one of seven players who signed with Texas last month. Lauren is a defender who plays at Prosper. She's uh, been on their varsity team last three seasons. As a sophomore, she was named District 14 5A's co-defensive MVP. She's rated by Top Drawer Soccer as a class of 2020's number 51 recruit. Lauren is among four UT uh, signees who play with the Solar Soccer Club. I asked Derek Misimo, her coach with the Solar Soccer Club, to describe Lauren in one word, and he chose lockdown. Why? Quote, she is extremely athletic and devastating in one-versus-one duels. Due to her high motor and advanced technical ability, she has the athleticism to dominate the left channel going forward into the attack. Again, she is relentless. She gets stronger as games get longer, which you know, that's a good trait to have in a soccer player because yeah, I mean, a, a lot of running miles. around. More than I can do. Anyway, uh, Lauren was one of three defenders signed by Texas uh, last month. The Longhorns must replace starters a two Mashana and Emma Jett in 2020. So expect Lauren to get some looks from Coach Kelly at uh, the start of next fall. Let's wrap. If you're really into the UT soccer, apparently go catch out this the solar team. I know, yeah. If you're in the Dallas area, they actually had, yeah, they like I said, they have four it's, signees. Coach's uh, daughter's coming, coach, right? Uh, she's actually on the team this year. She's oh, okay. a freshman, Gabriella. Um, let's wrap this up. Mike, where are you going this weekend? Uh, Friday, I'm going to go out to Houston to watch Carthage and uh, Keontae Ingram's little brother, Calvante Dixon, play land passes. And then Saturday, I'm staying in Austin, Danny. Lake Travis won the coin flip. Lake Travis versus North Shore at Round Rock Reef Stadium. That's like 15 minutes from me in the whole season. Okay, this will be 
the 42nd game I've gone to will be the Lake Travis game. This will be the shortest drive I have made all year, and that's in the state semifinals. I am, you don't even know. I'm so your, excited. Your car, your car isn't going to know what to do. It's going to like be like... Well, uh, I still got to go to Houston the day before, but I don't have to stay in a hotel, and I am so excited. You're going to like own own those Marriott points. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm pretty up there in Marriott. I mean, they treat me well. Shout out. I'm going to say, um, you know, this, this is a side tangent for me. Um, Round Rock ISD. Y'all need to get your stuff together. Yeah, it's not it's not not the easiest to deal with sometimes. They are, and I I get it. I mean, we talked about this on a previous podcast about you know one outlet requesting thirteen <laughs> right. credentials, and you know the media. It is what it is, and you have people. I mean, you're paying people to work, and they want to get home to their families and their lives. But you know, some of the just hospitality and the arrangement that they have for media. I mean, we have guys that are, you know, the process usually is, you know, we cover the games, a writer covers the games, they go down and do their interviews, they come up and they're responsible for filing a story, filing a box, a box score. And, you know, that takes time. It's not, it's not something that can just happen at the snap of a finger. And writer guys, Steve, even going back to when I was on the beat, they are such a mess up there. And it's like, you get back to the press box they want you out. They're trying to kick you out. They're rude. They're mean spirited. It's like why even host it if this is if you hate it so much, and you know? Like you know, it's. I never wanted to be in the press, but I know I know there are some writers who, if you gave them five hours, five hours, right. they would take four right. hours and fifty nine minutes. Right. But, but for the most part, most part, people want to get home to their families. They want to get out of the right. press box. They've been working a long day too. And right. They don't. And it's just like you know. Chill out. Let 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 the writers work. Um, you know, people will see this as a media complaint, but then they're it's also really for the high school kids, though. Yeah, they're also not complaining in. when you know those stats and those stories right. are in the paper and right. they're able to read it. So, I just wish uh, school, you know, more Round Rock ISD yeah. would get their act together. This goes for Austin ISD, which has become awful in the last few years, which makes no sense because Austin ISD needs as much positive press as possible, and they make it as difficult as possible. But that's the thing is, like at the college level, you get it. You know, because there's so many millions of dollars involved and all this kind of stuff. But at the high school level, just let people come write about your kids, man. It's really not that hard. Like, I mean, you complain about it when we don't. So why not make it easier for us to do so? You'd be amazed at how much more coverage you'll probably get. Yeah. Anyway, side rant. Anyway, before we get out of here, uh, uh, let's open up our mailbag as we do each week. Uh, if you want to ask us questions, we're easy to find on Twitter. Mike is at Craven Mike. I'm at AS Danny. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. We're both at Bevo Beat. Let's start on Twitter. Where Racer X five nine zero eight asks, "Why is it taking so long to find out if um, the coordinators are coming?" Not specifically. Racer asked about Graham Harrell, uh, but this uh, most of the questions as should be expected this week had to do with uh, who the defense coordinator and new offensive coordinator <coughs> going to be at Texas and why that has not been announced yet. And um, I know you have a pretty strong uh, opinion about this. Yeah, I don't expect any coaching changes outside of head coaches to really happen until the kids sign. Because if you're Graham Harrell, you don't want to be the guy that just leaves USC in the dust. If you're Tom Herman, why add a personality to a room before you're signing somebody? You know, uh, you can get all of these guys signed before you rock the boat. And then, you know, if they hire somebody beforehand to replace Todd Orlando then everybody needs to meet that guy and have last second means where if you just get them signed and then you hire the coach then you just you do it on your own and maybe that's not fair to the players but that's how it's going to work yeah and um you, you you mentioned it with uh 
Graham Harrell, who's you know the hot rumor for the OC position. You know, he has a he currently has a job. Yeah, he's doing stuff. He has a job. He is. Um, I'm he's sure he is. You know, he has feelings towards his current employer and wants to do them right and doesn't want to just bail and right. completely ruin their recruiting class and also they're preparing for a bowl game. I believe it's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. You know, I, I think in the coaching ranks with this new early signing period, and then remember, everybody's still figuring this out. This is still pretty new. Uh, I think there is a gentleman's agreement of, unless it's a head coach type situation, you leave our staff alone, we'll leave your staff alone, we'll get everybody signed, and then everybody can can go from there. Yeah, and you know, it's it's one thing when you know Chad Morris signs with Auburn. Chad Morris didn't have a job, right? Right, and so it wasn't hurting you know him to sign the dotted line, and Auburn took that risk of um, you know people being able to you know figure you know look him up and see if they do or don't want to play for him. But he wasn't hurting his current employer, which yes. uh, um, is something that has to be taken in consideration. And you know, Texas fans, if one of their coaches was a hot candidate elsewhere, right? They they would not they would be. Furious if he left over right. before signing. Like, let's day say and, Stan Drayton was in line for an offensive coordinator spot somewhere or whatever, mm-hmm. and he made his decision this last week, and that cost Texas Bajon Robinson or whatever. You know, like while that may be the best thing for the kids to kind of know who the coaching staff is, like we understand college football isn't about the children, about the uh, kids, <laughs> uh, right? So it's about these adults and keeping their money protected. And if you're Tom Herman, the safest way to play this is to keep everything about you until signing day, and then start adding the personalities to the room. Uh, let's head on over to Facebook, where David Keith Williams uh, asks, you know, assuming Bajan Robinson signs with Texas next week, what does that do? Do you think for Jordan Winnington in his future? Do you see, expect to see him? Assuming he's at full health next year, mm. back in the backfield, or does he kind of go back into that slot and compete with Jake Smith to be Devin Duvernay's replacement, which is kind of what we thought was going to be how it, how it was going to go this year? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the thing we need to remember is that just because Bijan Robinson comes on campus doesn't mean he gets like 40 carries a game and he's the only person at running back. I mean, he's likely to get banged up too. It's a tough spot. So you need more than Bijan Robinson and Keontae Ingram there. Now, if Rashawn Johnson is also staying there and you have that th- trio, then yeah, Jordan Whittington probably needs to go to slot or to H-back or to a position where that you can get him on the field. Because, I, you know, you got to get your best four or five skilled uh, players onto the field as much as possible, and Jordan Whittington, when healthy, is one of those guys. Uh, same with, st- with David's uh, question. He had a second part. Colin Johnson, obviously, is not going to be here next year. Um, he'll be you know, chasing his professional dreams. Who do you think is kind of that the favorite to be that X receiver? You, you covered Malcolm Epps in high school. You covered Marcus Washington. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Marcus Washington. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, I, you know, Malcolm Epps had, was further along and knew the playbook and is a, a willing blocker. And I think that gave him an advantage over Marcus this year with Marcus being a true freshman. With another offseason under his belt, I think the kind of trio, core, wide receiver group will be Eagles, Josh Smith, Marcus Washington. Stay on Facebook, Mitchell Lucky asks, uh, why wasn't, we talked about him earlier in the podcast a couple times, why wasn't Texas in on Rockwell receiver Jackson Smith Nijigba? Uh, they were a little bit. Um, but yeah, they thought that they there was some more well-rounded guys that they could go after and get. I disagree, and I'm I'm sure the person asking this question does as well. And I think if you gave true serum to to Tim Beck and Tom Tom Herman, they would want that one back. But uh, the thing about recruiting is you just you know it's not an exact science, and you're going to miss on some guys. Uh, in Ohio State, how you? I mean, it's not like he's going to Tech. 
Uh-huh. And Texas fans can be that mad. I mean, you're losing them to a program that's better. I mean, that's that's how this goes. And like we mentioned, I mean, there's you know six, seven, eight receivers in the Fat Fifty Five. You can't take right. every single one of them. Texas is getting you know Quentin Johnston, um, the the uh, Omari kid they flipped from A and right. I mean, they have good receivers coming in. You can't take them all, un- yeah. unfortunately. And they signed a big wide receiver class last year, so I think that was down on on the list of guys. And I just I don't know if they thought Jackson was going to be as special as he's just developed into. And I, I'm, I think that's true for a lot of guys. This was my favorite question on um, the mailbag just because it's the typical Texas fan rant. Um, Rodney Key asks, why with spending $216 million plus a year on the various athletic programs, why can we not produce a higher quality product? Is it recruiting, coaching, lack of discipline, or a coincidence that mediocrity is the new norm? I, mean, I don't know what one has to do with the other, right? Like, just, uh, you know, like, if you're having a bad week, you don't stop, like, showering or something. You know, like, you have to, like, keep renovating and keep investing into your program, whether you're going 7-5 and five or 10-2. and two. Uh, You know, Texas doesn't plan on being bad forever. It's been a tough decade, but I think that has to do with quarterback stuff and a, a lack of cohesiveness behind the scenes more than anything. I mean, they hadn't been good at a lot of the sports in the last decade, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, there's some, you know, programs where you can kind of look and, you know, wonder why things haven't been better, but, you know, stuff stuff happens. You know, this the baseball team was in the College World Series two years ago. Last year, they fell off. The right. football team was in the Sugar Bowl yeah. last year. This year, they fell off. It's not a video game. It's Other schools are good, too. Right. You know, there are scholarship athletes at a, on other campuses, and it's kind of arrogant to think that te- because you're Texas that you are right. going to be, you know, number one in everything. There's... um. Talented athletes, talented coaches across the board, and sometimes you know stuff just doesn't go your way. And if you're upset about how things are going with the football team, go support the volleyball team because they're yeah they're doing good. Awesome. Go yeah. support your um you know the swimming and diving programs and your track programs, and you know the softball team is on the up and up. So I mean there is stuff you can do. You know if you're upset with this football team and you want to see you know quote unquote winners. I mean there are winners on campus. It's because you're not seeing it every. Every Saturday, and once again, the football team won the Sugar Bowl last year. It's not like right. the, it's not like everything is okay. terrible. You, yeah. you're, y'all are doing all right. It's right. it's not great across the board, but it's not the world is not ending on the forty acres. And I would argue that it's harder to win now than it was when Mac Brown was around because recruiting is easier to do at places like Kansas Tech, Iowa State than they were when Mac Brown was around because with streaming and how many channels there are, everybody's on TV now. Mm-hmm. Facilities are better across the board. People have really invested into this stuff as the billions of dollars of TV money has come in and they've had to hide it into facilities instead of their workforce. Um, so I, you, you don't get to roll out and go eight and four anymore. I mean, Kansas beat Texas for a Fab 55 guy, you know, Brennan Scott in recruiting. You know, I mean, it's it's not the haves and the have-nots as much uh, anymore, unless you're Alabama, Clemson, and frankly, just Texas just isn't that right now. Heck, you know, a couple, a couple years ago, a kid decommitted Texas to go to Purdue. Yeah. You know, it turned out to be a great decision. Yeah, he's it, done well. It, it, it happens. Anyway, um... Yeah, Mike, I think for being relegated to the backup booth, I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, that was one of our best podcasts because we were both in a bad mood. <laughs> anyway, uh, next week, I think we're going to have a great podcast. It's going to be our signing day podcast. Yep. Um, it'll actually be released on Wednesday, so look for us on Wednesday instead of Thursday next week since Wednesday is signing day. Anyway, don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store or in the Google Podcast app. 
We sure do appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in this week, next week, every week, last week, two weeks from now. We, we, we love, uh, that you guys are enjoying this podcast. Anyway, the Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. We will see you on signing day. Get a salad.